I want to give you this. I uh, got this from Brother Copeland. 2015 is the year of the overcomer. Everybody say, that's me. I'm an overcomer. <laughs> and he says, he uses the scripture in 1 John uh, 5, or 1 John 4, 5, 4, which says, for whatever, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And so we are overcomers no matter what's going on. I keep that on my desk. How many of you have some things in your, in your home or at your office that are reminders of you, to you every day that God is still in, in charge? He's still on the throne. I was, uh, my husband watches a lot of Fox News, so last night I was watching with him. And um, just one of the saddest things, I mean, I had to get up and leave the room. The man that was the pilot whose plane was shot down, and they lit him on fire in a cage where he could not get away. Um, everybody say that is evil. <laughs> you know, it's like evil in the world today is so blatant and so um, bold against the things of truth that those who know the Lord are going to have to rise up and take our position and say to evil, good overcomes evil or God overcomes the devil in all these situations. And I can't find anywhere in the word of God where when believers obey God, that they do not have the victory, that they're not overcomers. And I don't know if you were here on Sunday, but um, Terry Henshaw, when he was here, shared a story of my husband when he was in Peru, where he asked people, uh, stopped in the middle of his message, felt like the Holy Spirit told him to ask people, are there things that you're not doing that God has told you to do, or things that God's told you not to do that you are still doing? And he said 90% of the hands went up. And and the long story, uh, the short of that long story that happened, Bill continued to ask, thinking they weren't interpreting right. But the real truth was they, there were 90% of the people not doing those things or doing things they shouldn't. And Terry said what the Holy Spirit spoke to him is, that's why I can't do in my body what I want to do. I can't release the things I want to release, the blessings of God, because of those things. Everybody say, we need to straighten up. Yeah, because there's nothing that, that makes this word, this word null and void other than our actions, other than our agreement and obedience to God. Everything in this word is true. And so as I've looked at my own life and had God correct me on things over, over time, um, I believe that the book of Acts, now I have taught for 32 years, and I don't think I've ever really gone through the book of Acts to teach it. I've taught a lot out of the book of Acts, but I felt like the Lord really quickened me to teach that this month on Wednesday nights. So uh, since we don't have as big a crowd tonight, you might hear some of this again, because I think it's important for people to hear it. But um, I, I want to share with you tonight, I have, for the last three, four, five years, this is, um, it says the Maxwell Leadership Bible, but it's actually just a, it's the Word of God, it's the New King James but what uh, John Maxwell does is he takes situations in the Word of God, and then he shines the light on those situations based on uh, a leadership perspective. Now, do you believe that the Spirit of God wants the church to be the leader of the world? You know, um, what is it they say? This person's the leader of the free world. I think that's supposed to be our president. But, um, it, but it, regardless, the leader of the world is God Almighty, and we're his representatives in the earth. And so he wants us to be able to lead in all situations. In other words, when there is no answer, we should have the answer. 
when there is no way, we should have a way because God always makes a way of escape. The word of God is truth. So if the word of God is truth, then our lives ought to be a reflection of that. And we ought to be leaders. And as I was looking at the book of Acts and I started it, it's actually in our daily Bible reading. If you're reading through the Bible with me this year, that's where we are right now is in the book of Acts. And I think we're in Acts chapter seven or eight or somewhere around there. But, um, This is what he says, and and I just want to read it to you. It says, Acts is a book of action. Everybody say action. You know, I think the church knows the Lord. I think the church hears the Lord. I don't know that the church acts on the word that we hear, myself included in a lot of things. And he says, it's not a book of, it's called Acts, not Reacts. It's about the initiative and action of the Holy Spirit in the lives of disciples who formerly were cowards, unsure, and ignorant. That would be me. I don't know about you, but I was always very unsure. I didn't have a revelation of the truth of the word of God, and I had no courage. I used to teach my grandchildren. I'd tell them the story of um, uh, where, where you have the lion and, and the tin man and the scarecrow. And, uh, and I'd talk to them. I'd tell them the story that, that Dorothy took them to the Lord to find what they needed and they found a brain, you know, because God says he gives us the mind of Christ. And so uh, at that time, my little daughter, granddaughter Annabelle, she wore red shoes everywhere. And so she thought she was Dorothy. And so I began to take that story and turn it all around and make it about what the Lord could do. Not the Wizard of Oz, but, you know, what God could do in their lives. And so, you know, I believe that the Word of God is given to us um, so that we can put it into our life and make our life be whatever we're lacking in, make our life be fulfilled and cause us to become all that God's called us to become. So as I was preparing this, um, this year, as I was driving across 52 bridge, um, and most of you in here know me, I, you know, I talk to God a lot. I've always talked to the Lord a lot since I was a single mom. And I, I asked the Lord, I asked my husband sometimes, but sometimes my husband and I don't agree. Anybody else? Sometimes I hear things that he doesn't hear, and sometimes he hears things I don't hear yet. But we respect that we both hear. So we just wait to see what God's going to show us so that we both move when we're both in agreement. Everybody say in agreement. We never move if we're not in agreement. But I was uh, going across the bridge. I said, Lord, you know, um, what, what do you want me to know this year? What do you want me to say this year to the people? And I heard, keep the oil in your lamp. Now, you know, there's the story of the virgins, those uh, 10 virgins, five had oil, but it wasn't just oil in their lamp. It was extra oil. Everybody say extra oil. And they had extra oil in a vessel so that if Jesus didn't come real soon, they still were going to have enough oil to keep them uh, lit or, you know, l- their light shining until the time that he did appear. And, uh, and so I begin to think about that. And whenever I think of oil, I think of the, the most holy place where the oil filled the lampstands and it kept light in the in the most in the holy place not the most holy place and that God has given us the holy spirit and the and, and the oil you know represents the holy spirit often in the word of God so he gives us that to keep us lit everybody say lit and sometimes when i when i think about the church i don't see uh, all fired up have you ever seen that cheer that went have you how many have been to a ball game and they go uh, fire up, big team, fire up. 
You know, that's one of the tears. And, uh, you know, and they keep saying that, fire up, big team, fire up. And I'm thinking, fire up, big team. <laughs> and I'm looking out, and it's like, huh? You know, and I'm thinking, We're, what happened to the team? And uh, I know we all have things that happen. We all encounter things that happen. But God, uh, through Jesus, opened a door for a church that was like no other church that had ever been in the earth. I mean, this church was totally different than what anybody had ever experienced. Now, he had been an example of what that church should look like, but nobody really had ever started the first church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, this was just a new event that was about to happen. And so the book of Acts was that birth of that church. And that church had an assignment. That church was a church that was lit up with the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit, because that's what God said it would be. Now, the Holy Spirit, the history of the Holy Spirit begins in Genesis chapter 1, when it says, uh, and, and God, uh, I'm going to read it to you because I want to get it exactly right. Genesis 1, do you have it up there for me? Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then it says, the earth was without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God Everybody say the Spirit of God. Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then it goes on and it starts saying, and God said, and it happened. And God said, and it happened. And God said, and it happened. And all through the Old Covenant, you find, um, well, you find many references to the Spirit of God. Not always the Holy Spirit, defined that way, but the Spirit of God. And you read it in all the books of all the great leaders about the Spirit of God, about angels, about the Lord himself appearing to people and things uh, becoming uh, revelation to people who had no revelation. And so this church that God was in the process of preparing, because he's the one who said he would rescue us from the devil's dominion over this earth. He would rescue us from that through his son. But through the death of his son, we would be restored to him. But not only that, but we would start the first church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And over time, there, there are many denominations that have come out of that. You know, my grandmother was uh, started a church in Logansport years ago. She was actually my great-grandmother, she started a church with three other people called the Evangelical United Brethren Church. And, and so people have started works and started churches over the years, and there have been Pentecostal churches where there have been great pouring, outpourings of the Holy Spirit. But in the last few years since we were in Tulsa in 1981, and at that time um, there was a lot about church growth, a lot of people came and spoke there about church growth. But what they talked about was that the charismatic church, everybody say charismatic. The charismatic churches were beginning to outnumber all other kinds of churches, outnumber even the Pentecostal churches. And, and so they were called word of faith churches or churches that preach the word and preach the power of the Holy Spirit. And so those churches just exploded all over the earth, there are multiple churches around the world that are huge, huge numbers of people in those churches. We have been in one in Peru, South America. There are some even over in Europe and in Russia. There are churches that are huge that are Holy Ghost churches. 
and uh, Rick Renner has one in Moscow. And so they're, they're churches that are different. Everybody say different. They're different. Um, sometimes, you know, they're looked like at like they're um, a little weird, a little crazy. But how many of you know if you get healed, it can be crazy all day if you're the guy that got the healing? Uh, you know, if, if you uh, get a revelation of some witty invention that God gives you and you become a multimillionaire to bless the, the people of God and bless the people who don't have anything, how many of you know that that's, that's okay? That's okay. I believe that's the kind of church that Jesus died for. I believe that's the kind of church he wants to see in the earth today. But it takes us, he's not going to do any more than he's done. God isn't going to send another son. It, it's, that part is finished. So to me, it's like, okay, there should be more. Everybody say more. A couple of Sundays ago in, in January, I've, I felt to preach on always believe for more. Everybody say always believe. You know, when I come to church today, tonight, you know, and I see the snow and all that, and I said to, something to Bill, and he said, well, let's just call them in. Well, obviously, they didn't hear, you know, because we was, but we have one thing going for us now that we didn't used to have. We have the Internet. And so people can get online and hear the Word of God. Do you know the Holy Ghost can show up in somebody's bedroom while they're listening to a message? I mean, I've had the Holy Spirit show up in my living room years ago when I would watch Pat Robertson. And there'd be things that would be said, and it was just like the Holy Spirit was right there with me. So the, the, the church that Jesus talked about and the, and the church that he said in uh, John chapter 14, that he said this church would do greater works than he had done because he went to be with the Father, and that they could ask anything in his name, and he would do it. You know, I think of on Sundays when I come into this church, I come expecting if somebody's sick, that they'll be healed. Amen? Uh, you say, well, we didn't see it. Well, my, what I believe and what I see are not the, always the same, but I'm not going to change what I believe because the church that Jesus died for was a group of believers. It's a, it's a church that will believe no matter what they see. And so as I was reading this and looking at it, um, the Holy Spirit was given, it says in John 14, by the Father to the people who would believe that Jesus was Lord. That's the, those are the people who have the Holy Spirit. It said that he would be the comforter, he'd be the helper. That's John 14, 27, John 14, where it talks about he will not leave us as orphans. Then in John 16, it says that the Holy Spirit is, is going to show us things to come. Not just the things we know right now, but the things that are coming. And uh, sometimes we have known things that are coming, Sometimes as leaders of this church, we haven't known all that was coming. But I can tell you this, no matter what came, God took us through. He took us through because we never changed our position of believing that what he had told us to do. And that's faith. Everybody say faith. God will always accomplish what, he's, what he says he's going to accomplish. Now, I'm going to read you a couple of other things, and then we're going to go to Acts chapter 1. But it, this is um, another thing that that uh, Maxwell says in here, despite their lack of human qualifications, the people in the book of Acts, the, the, the apostles, the 12 that now, you know, they replaced uh, Judas. So there's 12. They began to penetrate their society. They determined to be influencers. Everybody say influencers. And my husband, just before church 
or just before I came up here, he opened his Bible and showed me a quote by, um, what's the guy in California that you just showed me in your Bible? Rick Warren. It says everybody has to come to a point where they decide whether they're going to impress people or influence people. Everybody say there is a difference. There is a difference. The church, the charismatic church, was not put in the earth to impress people. It was put here to influence people, to influence them to believe God for what he says. And it goes on, it says, these leaders accomplish so much because they are governed by the priorities of God. The incarnate, the power of the incarnate, the power of God, are motivated by the purposes of God, stay dependent on the provision of God, and equip the people of God. So that's the church that the book of Acts begins to talk about. And we'll look at examples. Um, God filled these ordinary people with his spirit and bid them to influence the world. The Holy Spirit established this early church in purity so that he could empower it without limits. Everybody say without limits. So purity came before unlimited power. And then it goes on. It says first purity, then power, then proclamation, and finally penetration. In the book of Acts, when they started in that in that time where Jesus met them after forty days of uh, before before he ascended finally into heaven, he when he met with them, Acts one eight, he gave them vision, and he told them what they would have to do it. He gave them the tool. And he told him what to do. And I want to read, you, you all know this scripture, Acts 1.8. Uh, it says, but you shall receive, everybody say receive, power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. Everybody say receive power, be witnesses. That's vision. That's the vision of the church. That's the vision that Jesus set forth before he ascended into heaven. You shall receive power. In other words, you will be equipped to do what you're asked to do, and you shall be witnesses. In other words, your assignment is to declare him to the world. And so we see in Acts chapter 2, when he told them all to wait in the upper room, when they're waiting there, they are in one accord. Everybody say one accord. The church has to be in unity or there will not be a move of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a lot of churches today that are in disunity. If we're in disunity, this church had to be in unity. In unity, number one, that they believe Jesus was the Son of God, that he died for their sins, that he rose again, and that because of what he did, they had access to the things of God. Now, when you know you have access to the things of God, then you know that the power of God is able to flow in any situation that you're in. And the devil's number one trick of the church is to accuse the brethren. Everybody say, accuse the brethren. If he can keep the brethren accused, then they don't ever do anything. And I don't know about you, but I, I can be accused because I, I, I make mistakes. Turn to your neighbor and say, have you made any lately? You know, we all make mistakes. But, but, but really, it's our belief. Everybody say, our belief. Is Jesus the Lord the one and only King of Kings and Lord of Lords. If we believe that, then we are in this position to receive whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. And it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were. Then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit 
and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. That is exactly what God, what Jesus told them would happen. Go and wait. Everybody say, go and wait. And then you will be equipped. You'll be given the tool that you need. You know, some, you know, we, we have a lot of, we can bind, we can loose, we can do all these things. But the tool that we have that makes us different is the Holy Spirit, is the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the anointing of God. That anointing of God is powerful. It will do the work. We just have to allow the, uh, God to use us as the vessel. And so he did exactly what he said. He equipped them on that day. He equipped them with that. Then it says that all the people, in verse 11, it says they would hear them speaking in their own tongue. In other words, they would understand they were speaking the wonderful works of God. What were they doing? Witnessing. Everybody say witnessing. So he, he, he immediately took them to the upper room, and he, he performed exactly what he said he would do. He gave them vision, and he gave them the tool. He gave them what they needed to do what they were going to do, and that tool caused them to witness. You know, in the body of Christ, I remember when I was first saved, you know, they get us together to go out to witness, and I'm not against going witnessing. But, you know, you'd have instructions on, on how to do it. How many of you know instructions on how to do something and something flowing out of the inside of you are two different things? You know, and when you show up and, you know, you say, now, I, I believe in the four spiritual laws. I like that little book. It, it helps. But, but I'm talking about equipping a church to do what God's about to do right now because this is what he's going to do. I believe we're going to see a church just like this. I believe the same things are going to happen, though that happened in the book of Acts. I believe there's going to be persecution. I believe the more persecution is, the greater the things of God are going to be because that's how it happened in the book of Acts. I believe when Lord said to me, I'm going to show you how to live in the time of war, it's the book of Acts. <laughs> and I thought, war? That was just, I mean, that should have been the greatest time of all. But it was war because it had never been done before. Never had been done before. There had never been a church like this. And so... Everybody got upset. I mean, the Pharisees got upset. The Sadducees got upset. The religious Jewish leaders got upset. Everybody got upset because they had never experienced anything like this. They went from having one man to deal with to a whole group of people to deal with. And a whole group of people who were saying, I believe. Everybody say, I believe. And so that began to change the environment totally. Uh, the Holy Spirit changed Peter to the place where in the midst of this, the one who had denied Jesus vehemently, and Jesus told him he would, and he said, no, I won't, and yes, he did. But when he did and got filled with the Holy Spirit, everything changed in Peter's life. And what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, that upon this rock I will build my church, he wasn't saying upon you, Peter, but what he was saying was, Peter, you will be used and the first church of the Lord Jesus Christ was led by Peter. He was the leader. He was the one who stood up and told them, this is what this is. And they began to live what that was. And as the people repented, which Peter called them to, when he called them to repentance, they then were saved. And it says the church grew to 3,000. Everybody say the Holy Spirit. See, that can't happen because of a good message. Now, I've seen rapid church growth because we were in it at Victor Christian Center in Tulsa. And, and that church grew quickly. But it did not grow just with one message to 3,000 people. It didn't grow 
that quickly. But in this situation, the first church of the Lord Jesus Christ was 3,000 people. Now, I don't know where they got their nursery workers. I don't know where they got the ushers to take the offering. I, you know, nobody had a microphone. I don't know how it all happened. But I do know it happened because of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, you will be endued with power, and then you will become witnesses. Now, you know, whether, whether we think we're witnessing or not, if we're a Christian, we're witnessing. Do you believe that? I mean, people know, you know, we used to say, if you come here, if you're doing goofy stuff, don't tell them where you go. Tell them you go to First Assembly. <laughs> or we just joke, you know, tell, tell them you went somewhere else. But, you know, Christians do goofy things sometimes because we're human. But the, the idea is that we become so consumed by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God that that mixture causes us to soon be witnesses, not because what we try to tell people, but by how we live. You know, that we prosper when nobody else is prospering. I truly believe that when we start through what's coming in the earth, because Jesus said, we're going this direction. I mean, if we're getting closer to him coming, we're getting closer to going through these things. And so uh, in when it happened with Moses and he took those children of Israel out, I mean, right before they went out, everything happened. I mean, horrible things happened, but it says they were never affected. Everybody say, I won't be affected. <clears throat> but the way we're not affected is if we remain in this position that God told us to remain in. And as I looked at this, you know, I, I enjoy the book of Acts. Um, I heard uh, Glory Copeland say once God told her the first to take the first 30 days, I think it was of the year, and in 30 days read through the Gospels and the book of Acts three times. Now, that's a lot of reading in 30 days. But she said it transformed her life. Why? Because it's all about Jesus and what he did and then what happened when he left and what the church began to do. And so I, I love the book of Acts because it just, you know, it was such, must have been such an exciting time to live in. And as I, as I finished up that whole uh, chapter, first chapter and second chapter, um, Peter told them what would happen. The people repented. The church grew to 3,000. They began teaching, fellowshipping, breaking bread. That means eating, and there was prayer. Now, I'm looking for this because I want to have that kind of church. How many of you want to live in that kind of church? See, if we're going to be this kind of church, we have to examine what that church was like. And then it says, the Lord added to the church daily. Everybody say daily. daily. Added daily those that were saved. Now, that's the kind of church multiplication I'd like to see daily. Everybody say daily. And we do sometimes see it in here on Tuesdays and Thursdays when Pastor Chris meets with the people that come in for benevolence. Those days, God adds to the church. Uh, he adds people to the church just not because we're given them money, but because when she meets with them, we do help people but we also pray with them. We also speak to them and about the truth of the word of God. We give them tools to help their life be better. And people get saved. You know, I'm, if we took a, I don't know, all of you are out there. Uh, you know, maybe every week you have somebody that you lead to the Lord. I don't know. But to me, in overlooking all of the church, there's not a lot of witnessing going on. Because if there's a lot of witnessing going on, there'd be a lot of people being added to the church daily. Does that make sense? 
if the witnessing was happening, then it says as many as see daily those who were being saved, he added them to the church. That means they were getting saved, and then they came into the church. Not that they got saved at the church. They were being saved, and then they came in and became a part of that church. Um, in, in chapter 3 of Acts was the first miracle, notable miracle, notable is what the religious leaders called it, that those disciples did, or the apostles, and it was Peter and John. And, you know, it doesn't say they went to the temple to do a miracle. It said they just went to the temple. They went up to the synagogue to worship, and there was this man there. And even though I know that Peter was a leader and that John, you know, knew, they, they both knew the Lord, I believe that that anointing of the Holy Spirit is what caused that man to look at them, and it caused them to reach out to him, and that's what caused the witness to take place, and the man was delivered. He was healed, totally, just in that moment. I mean, they didn't. it wasn't a planned event. It wasn't a revival. It wasn't a set meeting. It was just they were walking by. And, uh, you know, I think about what if we're just walking by, you know, the hospital, or we're, we're out walking by, and, and we see something, and they look at us. You know, I believe God causes people to look at the church, to look at the people of God, and they look at us, and we reach out and say, oh, be healed in the name of Jesus. You know, as such as I have, I give you. Well, number one, we have to realize what we have, and then number two, we have to be willing to give it. I believe that that's the kind of church that he's showing us in the book of Acts that we can all be. I don't know about you, Ross, but I'm sure you have some people you know that could use such as you have. And, and I believe that when we begin to think of ourselves that way, God provides opportunities for us to reach it out in that way. I don't know why um, that God has put this urgency in me uh, for what's coming. Now, mine isn't, my urgency isn't to, not that I'm against this, to get water, to get food, or to get you know, all those things that are going to be helpful, I'm sure, in some of those situations. Uh, some people are called to do that. My urgency is to get the body of Christ up and going. It's like um, the body of Christ isn't connected to what they've got. It isn't that they don't have it. They're just not connected. And, and so how can God use us in situations for us to be that witness unless we realize it isn't going to be because we feel like it or we were looking for the opportunity. It's going to be because the Holy Spirit causes us to notice something and then the Holy Spirit causes us to reach out to that something and in the process, God is glorified. The person gets what they need and yes, people are going to notice. I think that's what stops most Christians is somebody is going to look at me and think I'm weird. Well, they probably already do, you know. They probably have heard you come here. And so, you know, th they might think you're weird. But people who have come here who have received from the Holy Spirit don't think it's weird. They don't think it's weird. You know, uh, I don't think it's weird. I thought the people who led me to Jesus were a little weird when they got a hold of me. But when I got free... I was just glad they showed up in my life. And I didn't consider them weird anymore. I, I considered them like spiritual giants because they helped me get out of my mess. And I was in a big mess. 
And so, you know, yes, I, um, yes, they were noticed. Yes, they were talked about. I can tell you back in the beginning when I was first saved and uh, they took me to this lady's basement and they prayed with me and uh, they prayed with me to receive the Holy Spirit. It was like, you know, you go around the back of the house, you go down the stair steps, you go in the back door. It's like, dear Jesus, I'm going, you know, I'm going to my death. And uh, I'd only been saved one day, not even 24 hours, and they're trying to do something else to me. And so, you know, I get in there, and there's these ladies, and they begin to pray, and they begin to say, you know, we know, and they start praying, and, and they even know things about me, and I don't even know who they are. But I want to tell you, I love it that that happened to me. I, you know, I don't hear that happening a lot anymore. But they were known as the weird bunch. They were known as the weirdos. You know, oh, you don't want to go to Wilma's basement. They'll get you over there. You know, well, but what they did was they cast out the devil. They laid hands on you. They prayed. They had revelation. The, word, the gifts of the Spirit were operating. Everybody say, that's normal for the church. That is normal for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the way it should be every time we meet. And, and, and you know, it... Now, I'm not into snake handling. We don't handle snakes here. But the devil is a snake. (laughs) And he needs to be cast out. And he needs to be put in his place. And it's a believer who's walking in that anointing. It's that church that comes alive just like those people did in the upper room. You know, they, the people that were speaking in tongues, I'm sure were just as amazed as the people who said they're drunk. Because Peter had to stand up and say, listen, y'all, this is, this is that which the prophet Joel said was going to happen. Thank God for somebody who could explain. But in the midst of that, I didn't, nobody would turn down a healing. You know, the man at, at, the, at the gate, beautiful, you know, he didn't say, oh, no, thanks. Gee, I don't need that. You know, I just like laying here. No. He jumped up. He was praising God. He's leaping. He's shouting. Everybody's looking. And in the midst of that, uh, Peter and John become persecuted. Everybody say persecuted. See, uh, the, the church that God is going to use in this last day is going to get persecuted. I mean, God already told me because I don't like persecution. Do not like it. You know, I'd rather resign used, used to be than be persecuted because I don't like to fight. But I've realized my fight is not with flesh and blood. My fight is with powers and principalities that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. And I am going to fight. And I'm going to fight with faith. I'm also going to fight with the word of God. And I'm going to fight with the wisdom that God gives me to fight with. I'm going to fight with praise or whatever God tells me to fight with. But I am going to fight. And so we we have to get in that position as a church to recognize Peter and John did not lay down when they got uh, persecuted. They just begin to stand up even more. And if you read about it, if you get past chapter 3, um, the, the, the officials got a hold of them uh, at the beginning of chapter 4 and said, by what power are you, or name are you doing this? And, uh, and, and they begin, he began to tell them. He told them, basically, uh, you just killed the Son of God. I'm sure they liked hearing that. And then, you know, he began to say to them, there's no other salvation in any other, nor uh, or for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which people can be saved. In other words, when they were brought before people who accused them, they didn't back down. They continued to say what they'd been saying because they were already given license or permission from God. They had been empowered. Everybody say empowered. I want to read you empowerment. To give official authority or legal influence. 
Everybody say, I have official authority and legal influence. In other words, you have the right as a believer to proclaim the truth of the word of God. It might make somebody upset. They may not understand you. See, what, and I believe this is happening. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is being persecuted and being shut up by people who can talk whatever they want to talk, but we can't talk Jesus. Does that sound like this church? Exactly. Exactly. Now, the first time they got a hold of them, they just threatened them because by now they're 5,000. So they realize, well, we can't do too much because all these people are beginning to like them. But even in the even in the worst circumstance for them, God was being magnified and glorified, and people were coming into the kingdom. So they said, we can't, you know, we, we, what are we going to do? It's a notable miracle. In other words, everybody saw it. Now we can't just say it didn't happen. So what are we going to do? We're going to threaten them. Who's the threatener? The devil. So we're going to threaten them, and he threatens them that they, they, can't, they can't talk about uh, Jesus anymore. That, you know, and, and they said, well, we're going to do it anyway. And, and so now we have a conflict because they're not going to do what they say. And instead of backing down, they go back to God and say, hey, we're going to need more boldness. Everybody say more boldness. Now, my, my Bible says that this word boldness is parisia or something like that, is not a human quality. Everybody say it's not human. This is not, you know, I'm really bold and strong and I'll say whatever I want to say whenever I want to say it. That's not this. A human quality. It's not a human quality, but a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, it's this boldness that comes up because we know who we serve. We know what he says to do, and we are going to do it. Everybody say bold. It's not, a, it's, not a, um, it's, it's not aggressive in that it's attacking a person, but it is aggressive in that it's attacking what is trying to control the person. Does that make sense? And so, you know, in that process, they begin to grow even in, in that time when they were being greatly persecuted. Now, at this time, it's just a threat. I mean, they eventually not only threaten them, they throw them in jail. Uh, you know, I don't want to be thrown in jail. However, I am going to preach the gospel. And there are people who, who are being held in bondage today because of the threat of the enemy that if you say that certain lifestyles, homosexuality, lesbianism, those kind of things now are being threatened, that if you say those things, that you are discriminating. And so they're trying to move that against the church. Well, that, that is a lie from the pit of hell. It's to keep those people in a bondage that they, they don't even realize is a bondage. But it's to shut up the mouth of the church, it, which is exactly what happened in the book of Acts. Everybody say, it's going to happen. And it's going to happen more and more because darkness is exalting itself. ISIS is a good example of the darkness that the church is going to face because it is a religious, it is a evil and a good resisting each other. And somebody's going to have to call it what it is in order to, in order to defeat it. You cannot ignore something or not identify, you cannot not identify the enemy and win. You have to identify who the enemy is to win. And so in this position, in Acts chapter 4, the persecution increases, and they end up putting them in jail. Now, they end up praying for more boldness, which in the end, in chapter 5, 
um, or in the end of chapter four, they, they end up in jail, um, but they end up getting out of jail, uh, because they're let out of jail by an angel. Everybody say an angel. Everybody say, God can, God can keep us. God can take care of us. But when persecution starts, our hope is not in man. Our hope is in God. And, and I'm believing that in this month, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I know all of you know, you know, it's like preaching to the choir in here. But there's a, there's a world of people out there who are not aware of what they're facing. And, and they've been told that it's God who's doing things to them because they're not doing the right thing. Everybody say that's a lie. The, the person who persecutes, the person who attacks, the person who kills, steals, and destroys is the devil. It's not God. God loves people. And he set up a, a kingdom in the earth through believers that should take care of the works of the enemy. In other words, he should be under our feet. He should, we should not be under his. We should not be the ones being threatened. He should be the one who wakes, who sees us get up in the morning and says, oh, no, here they come. It's that group who believes. It's that group who desires to see the kingdom of God go forward in the earth. And, and I believe that we're going to be in a position where we're going to have to stand up and be those voices that say, we believe. You know, we, we've been singing that song. We believe in uh, the God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know why sometimes it's like, uh, well, that's easy to sing in here. But, you know, is that easy to sing out there? And, and I believe we're going to be singing it. I believe we're going to have to sing it out there. But it's going to be in a way that God will use it to draw people to himself. Because the world is beginning to hurt worse and worse and worse. And even, even the people on, on Channel 52, uh, you know, nobody, Fox News, CNN, uh, all of those news channels, they don't even know what to say anymore. It's getting so bad that they can't even explain what's going on. But we know what's going on. We have, we, we have full understanding of what's going on. And so I believe God is going to use the church, not because just to say we know what's going on, but we also know what to do. We also know what to do because we have had examples, especially this book of Acts. And I encourage all of you to begin to read the book of Acts. Even if you're not reading through the Bible, read through the book of Acts and read through it over and over, and you will see the power of the Holy Spirit of God doing things that we all need in our lives, but there's a whole world of people who need it even more than we do. Amen? Let's stand. Father, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you that it's working. Thank you that it's working in this church. I thank you this is a spirit-filled church. It is a church that operates on the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the people that are going to come from the north, south, east, and west. I thank you for the people that have already come into this church who come and tell me testimonies of what, what has happened to their life, not because of who's the pastor, not because of who's the person teaching their class, not because of who spoke to them. Thank God for all those things and the love people show them. But they realize God has done something in their life. And we thank you, Father, that that will be the testimony that goes forth from this church every single time we meet. And every time people in this body meet people and come up to people, that they will begin to look for those people just like that lame man. And that they will hear you say, reach out, give them what you have. And that they will be added to the church daily 
those who have been saved by the people who are in this church and other churches across this city that are believing God tonight that there are people who need to be saved, that they are reaching out to a world that doesn't have an answer, that doesn't know a way, that doesn't even know that there is a way besides the poverty that they're in, whether it be in their finances, in relationships, whatever it is. I thank you, Father, tonight that you are in control of what is going on in this world. You are in control. You are in control. You own the whole earth and everything that's in it. But you have released men. The devil has has totally overtaken the minds and hearts of those that we see killing and doing horrendous, horrible things to people over in the Middle East. We know the enemy has gained an inroad, but you said where sin abounds, grace much more. And so we thank you, Lord that we are going to see the army of God, the people of God, rise up and be who you've called them to be for this hour, that they are going to become Peters and and Johns and Pauls and Phillips and, and all of those that were raised up here that we'll read about in the book of Acts, that, that, that they will go to a, a Cornelius's house and they will speak and all the people will be filled with the Holy Spirit, that people will rise up and become who they're supposed to be, that they can reach out and rescue other people out of the fire that they're in. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I want to pray for all of you that that the people that you run into in this next week, that your eyes would be open. How many of you want your eyes to be open to be able to see who those people are? Um, Father, I thank you tonight, in Jesus' name, that our eyes are open to see what you see to uh, to hear the the cry of people that maybe is not what they're saying, but what's in their heart, that we'd be able to discern and to know, and that you would use us, Lord, to be like these people that you raised up in the book of Acts. Let us be that kind of a church. Let us be that kind of a church that that is reaching out into where people are hurting, and, and given him that life, just like Peter and John gave, such as we have, we give to you. And we give it according to the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.